Hi, I'm Kieran O'Meara, and you're listening to Polit, the podcast for political posits. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this, the 14th episode of the Polit podcast, the podcast for political posits. I'm really excited for you to be joining me today because we have a cracking discussion lined up. Um, If you haven't already done so, check out last week's discussion with Sam Mace from the University of Leeds, where Sam and myself discussed the political theorist Carl Schmitt and the relationship of his theory of the state of exception to contemporary Syria. Alongside that, if you haven't already done so, please go to the blog. There should be a link in the description box where you'll be able to check out all the content that doesn't become a podcast episode. Alongside that, Please like, share, subscribe, and follow. It would mean the absolute world to me. Okay, so today I am joined by Dr. Francesco Belcastro, who is a lecturer in international relations at the University of Derby and a fellow at the Centre for Syrian Studies at the University of St. Andrews. Okay, so Dr. Belcastro, I'd like to begin with one question to get the ball rolling. How are sport and politics connected? Well, hello, Kieran, and thanks for having me. Very glad to be here. Um, so this is a question to which really I, I don't have a, I don't have only one answer, and, and it's very much what what my research is looking at. Um, the relation between sport and politics is very complex, so they are related in in many ways. And one way of answering mm-hmm. this is is telling you um, how I got to research this particular area, um, which is sure. I actually started by looking at how sport and particularly sport events can be used for political purposes. So a a good example there would be, say, um, a country organizing um, a big sport event, could be an Olympics, a regional tournament or or whatever, and the the country attaching a particular image or or view of the country itself, kind of country branding. Um, This is something that a lot of people have looked at. However, what I wanted to look at is mm-hmm. the idea that uh, maybe you, you can sort of organize sport events or, or, or know, set up a sport team um, and do it for uh, a bit more complex political reasons. So my, my initial uh, interest was, well, sport and politics are certainly connected and I wanted to look at how sport and sport events can be used for, um, for political reasons. When I looked at this, when I mm. when I got into the topic uh, um, a bit more, then then I found that that there's way more um, to this relation. But initially, uh, as a big sports fan, it was it was sort of that was my that was my starting point. I would say. Sure, sure. Okay, that's interesting. So, um, if you don't mind me asking, how do you define a sport event or a sports event? So I don't really look so much at at uh, um, sport events uh, in terms of like their organization. Um, I mean, I've looked at I've looked at a couple of events, um, and, and I mean. Um, I've looked at the Giro d'Italia, so a cycling race and and um, and, and football matches. Um, so really, any any sort of um, professional uh, event uh, would be something that, that I'm interested in that, that requires some um, some sort of uh, effort to to organize it, and and it usually involves uh, either international federation or, or professional clubs. Uh, would be something that I've looked at or I'm, I'm interested in at the moment. 
uh, I've not done anything on 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 grassroots, but I've not really um, worked on on definition of sporting events um, so much because, as I said, like my interest is, is a bit more on the kind of relation between sport and politics. I'm I'm not really a sociologist of sport, so even though I'm very interested in what they do, I'm mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not really, yeah, there's not really my area of interest. Sure, sure. I'm afraid okay, I can't so answer that particular question, Kieran, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's okay, no worries, no worries. Okay, so something I'd like to move to a little bit um, is you recently published a paper in the Journal of Mediterranean Politics entitled Sport, Politics and the Struggle over Normalization in Post-Oslo, Israel and Palestine. And I'd like to pull a quote from this particular paper, if you don't sure. mind, which is um, sport and major sporting events provide a unique lens into the politics of conflict-ridden contexts. Can you speak a little bit to that? Can you speak a little bit to how it's not, your focus isn't just necessarily the relationship between politics and sport, but the relationship between conflict or uh, conflictual contexts and Yeah, sport. certainly. Um, and I will use also this case study of Palestine Israel because it seems to me it's a very, it's a very interesting one. And it's one from, from which you can kind of, um, you can look at it and, and and it's it's a good case study to not only to the region but i think more in general on on areas of conflict as you as you mentioned i think every conflict particularly one that it's been going on for very long um and that has so much um symbolic value attached to it and so so much international um audience if you want it's also a conflict over sure. over narratives it's not only a conflict, and in the case mm. of Palestine-Israel now, it's it's largely a conflict over narratives, particularly in the in international arena. So what I want to look in the article, mm. it's it's how in this context, in a context of, of, of conflict, of, of sort of contested politics, if you want to put it that way, how mm -hmm. sport can be used to put forward um, support and, and in, if you want, advertise uh, um, a certain narrative of the conflict itself. So from the point of view of Israel, mm. I was looking at um, the Giro d'Italia, which is a cycling race for, for those who are maybe not uh, familiar with it. Um, and the fact that mm -hmm. the Giro d'Italia, it, it's a, a stage tour, so there's like 28 stages and, and, it's, uh, and it's hosted uh, obviously in Italy, it's one of the main cycling races, but on occasions it, it uh, started from other countries. And for the first time, in, in its history, in 2018, um, it started from, from Israel. Now, this was quite puzzling because Israel hasn't got much of history as, as a cycling nation, and the country invested quite a lot of money in, in making this happen. So, mm -hmm. why was it? Why was it? What, what was Israel's interest in this? There's obviously like people that care about cycling there, but when you go and unpick the narrative, when you go and, and see what actually people that organize it, the way that they portray it. It's, there's a quite conscious attempt to to use cycling to describe Israel as, as a modern Western nation uh, um, and sport mm. as and this particular sport is something kind of yeah like rich Western uh, and modern countries do and obviously as opposed to to who to the other inhabitants of that particular region that that don't cycle therefore they're sure, not sure. Um, and also so this was one aspect which I was interested in. Uh, and also the same um, case studies so in Palestine and Israel. I looked at uh, this friendly that was organized between Israel and Argentina um, before the World Cup so in 2018 in June. 
And now these was mm -hmm. used by um, Palestinians and their allies um, as a kind of catalyst for protest. So, so there was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, the, uh, it's a long story, but I'm gonna kind of give you a, a very brief account. So this match was uh, <laughs> meant to be in in Haifa, I believe, I believe, and then it was moved to Jerusalem. And obviously, because of Jerusalem's contested uh, status uh, in international politics, this was something quite controversial. So mm -hmm. uh, people that opposed these Palestinians mm -hmm. and their, their international allies were able to mount a strong campaign and exercise pressure, not only on the, on the Argentinian Federation, but on players themselves. The point that um, mm -hmm. Argent Argentina and the Argentinian Football Federation canceled the match. And what is more interesting, reports were that they canceled the match under pressure from some of the Argentinian players. They said, oh, I don't want to play, I'm not going to play. Um, so that's, that's quite interesting. Um, our sport can be used to kind of, yeah, um, yeah to, to really, you know, one one is a narrative of, of you know, modern country where there is no conflict, where, where you know, what you see, what you used to see in the news, it's it's in the past, and the other one, it's it's a uh, one that that underlines the the um, occupation essentially, and, and contests it. So yeah, mm -hmm. no, really, really fascinating, really, really fascinating. Um, one of the questions I wanted to ask is is sort of a more uh, sort of um, in response to this is a, a, a more sort of standard international relations question, which is, would you say there's a relationship in this case between sport and yeah, soft Yeah, absolutely. And, and a lot of the literature is, it's, uh, has looked at, at sport and uh, within the context of, context of, of soft power. Um, so definitely you've got, a, you've got a good point there. Um, but I think it's in, in contested, uh, in, in areas of sort of contested politics, if you want to call it, in areas of conflict, whatever, whatever you prefer, um, I think that your soft power mm -hmm. is, is a starting point, certainly. It helps us somehow. Um, but, mm -hmm. yeah, I like this idea of thinking about it as, as kind of con um, conflicting narratives. Uh, but certainly, I mean, the literature has dedicated yeah. quite a lot of attention to, to sport as a, um, as a tool of soft power. And obviously, you also have the literature on, on um, uh, sport as a conflict resolution tool, which I don't really engage much with because they do quite different things you know the idea that say you you get people uh, you, know, you, you give them um table tennis or or, or or football or whatever and you get them to play as children and then they, <laughs> they, they grow up they'll be friends that kind of you know conflict resolution uh, grassroots, grassroots approach so sure. one level is sort of the international soft diplomacy which i think uh, um has to do more maybe with, with major events and then yeah, there is this other aspect which I, I deal less with, which is the more kind of grassroots conflict resolution um, aspect to it. Yeah, no, it is, it is fascinating. It is interesting. Um, okay, so I have another question off the back of this, of course, which is in what way do the sort of large institutions of sport fall into this? So, in, you know, when we talk about things like um, uh, the Olympic organizations or if we talk about something like FIFA, um, how do they fall into this sort of relationship between politics and sport? But they're very important. Yeah, that's no, a big no, question. It's, it's, I know. A, it's a very good one, and I mean, they're very important. Yeah. They play uh, they play a crucial role. Um, they, in many ways, uh, could be seen as as reflecting the the lines and and the um, the balances and imbalances in, in the international system. And FIFA is a, is the perfect example there. Um, it's it's it has seen several attempts to uh, I don't know if politicize it is is the right word, but has seen 
uh, a lot of uh, of um, yeah politics, uh, uh, not only politics of sport, but politics, I think, among nations um, taking place there in relation to Palestine and Israel, but but in other cases as well. And also, I guess there is a there is a quite strong um, reference or quite strong mirroring of of the whole um, capitalist system and, and the economic system under which we. Uh, uh, we operate, um, and not only FIFA. Obviously, uh, you mentioned the example of the of the Olympics as well. So, one would, one could say that these institutions are, in a way, are, are you could you could see them as referees uh, in uh, in sport uh, mm-hmm. and politics uh, related disputes. But one might argue that they're not very fair referees because they're also they have a vested interest in uh, in carrying out a particular agenda. Um, that is in part dictated by their own by their own members and and in part by their own um, management, if you want. So, they, but they are very they are very yeah. important. I think the example of Palestine and Israel is probably the best one because um, the one best one I can think of because uh, there's been a lot of um, debates about particularly the the role of Israeli teams that are based in the settlements. Uh, which are okay, yeah. um, contested. Obviously, the settlements are illegal under, under international law. Yeah. So, if you take a strict interpretation of that, uh, teams that are uh, playing from from settlements shouldn't be allowed to take place in in um, in FIFA or UEFA tournaments, and the Israeli federation yeah. shouldn't be allowed to uh, host them. Uh, and and the Palestinians have been trying to enforce this. Uh, with a bit of with lack of success, but I think we're gonna we're gonna see more of that um, of, of, from the point of view of institutional involvement. Yeah. Um, yeah so FIFA has been trying to kind of say that, um, ironically, that this is a political matter, and, and I want and they don't want to get into this, uh, which with that would come to that, that mm-hmm. as I said before, sport is incredibly political. So saying. This is not politics. It's not yeah. really, it's not really yeah. a sustainable position to me, and not, not in the long term, at least. Sure, that's really interesting, though, that you speak about um, uh, settlements. I, I, I hadn't even thought about that, to be honest. Um, that's that's really, really interesting. And uh, I have to ask, um, just because it obviously occurred this week, uh, do you have any preliminary thoughts on the Israeli elections that took place? In the last week. Well, I'm not an expert on on Israeli politics myself, um, so I'm not I'm not going to say much. But sure. um, it seems to me that that mm-hmm. there's still that not much has changed, and then, then we have to wait where there is any defection from from one block or the other. But it seems to be as stuck as it was before. Um, now I don't know how <laughs> yeah, much just about. Um, Israeli politics. Um, in the short term, what happens there affects the relation with the Palestinians because the situation at the moment it's so. I mean, it's such a distance that um, I don't. I don't think that even Netanyahu going, um, if that's ever going to happen, would would really have a massive effect in, in in the short term. I think we are in a phase in which we are looking at um, either we're looking at like major systemic changes or or doesn't really so little shifts in in Israeli. And political system might not change much, uh, but as I said, I'm not yeah. I'm not an expert on on Israeli domestic politics, so 
Yeah, I don't want to. I, I can't say more. <laughs> That's no, okay. Thank good, you. I could, I could about resist. But, um, but yeah, <laughs> sure. And just back on uh, uh, sport and Palestine uh, quickly. I don't actually know the answer to this question. What is the most popular sport? football. Be football. Yeah, yeah. Football, you might not yeah, know definitely. the answer. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, it will yeah. be football. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fantastic. Interesting. Okay, so speaking about football. Um, one thing I'd like to move to is to ask you which football clubs are uniquely political and why would you... Okay, that's out? a very good question and and I've got a long answer to this or, or a short one. So I'm going to start with a short one. I think like <laughs> every club, every football club that is somehow um, related to um, identity in any way, it's it's political and, and I'll explain you what, what I mean by that. So you'll have you'll typically have clubs yeah, that, that represent communities that that represent um, I don't know ethnic groups, um, religious groups, sectarians, whatever. And and when there is this representation, um, I think the clubs are already political in a sense because they represent political identities or, or, or other identities. Now most clubs. Yeah. At least in in their origins, they they were born, uh, and they when they were originated, they represented some sort of um, some sort of identity. And one might argue that with the sort of emergence of of modern globalized football, um, you've lost a lot of a lot of these um, identity related uh, nature of, of 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 the sport itself. And you have in some cases, I think the Premier League would be. Mm-hmm. Um, would be a good example there because most people okay. that, or, or most of the global audience, you know, people that follow the Premier League from literally everywhere in the world, and and to yeah. most of them, um, identity doesn't really play much of a role uh, in uh, in in you know choosing a football club or um, or supporting one over the other. It's it's you know they they global audiences in, in the Middle East or or in the Indian subcontinent or, or in Australia or, or in or in the US in most cases will support Liverpool or Man City um, because they like Salah or De Bruyne or, or because they, they like red or they like they like blue moon or whatever you know so there's not much uh, to, to that sure so obviously it, it's different to, to a domestic audience isn't it because because most of us would uh, most of i mean yeah, i'm not sure. exactly a domestic audience i'm a half domestic audience if you want to put it that way most people that that you know <laughs> that grew up in this country still have a still associate teams teams with, with a certain kind of identity i would say though that that if you look at mm. football more globally and even if you look at at um British football more more generally, not not only focusing on this kind of global global image of the of the Premier League. You'll find that a lot of clubs still are very uh, political uh, uh, in many ways, and and I think like uh, I mean I'm I'm speaking uh, from from Glasgow, and obviously um, Celtic and Rangers would be um, an excellent an excellent example there. Yeah, a really good example um, of that. And, and uh, people often focus on them sectarian dividing in in glasgow but reference to the to the whole issue of scottish independence um, between celtic and rangers supporters is just as is just as big um then then i, I would add that there are some clubs mm-hmm. and maybe we can we can move on to some of those uh, later on which are incredibly political yeah. or or they represent um or, or sort of they were born with political goals or, or represent or incarnate a particular political cause 
so you could call them like extra political teams or teams that for a short amount of history uh, of their history incarnated a particular ideology and then um, and then this changed so yeah again i don't have a, i don't have a, a single answer but um, i think it's part it's, i think it's part of what makes it very fascinating <laughs> isn't it this relation with the sport but it's very complex uh, and i'm sure yeah, if you ask you know um 10 of your listeners um well what 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 team you would say it's, it's more political you'll find different answers some people will tell you you know people that are teams that are very much on the political left or the political right some people will will think more teams that represent a particular identity or a particular community so yeah you could look at it in different ways yeah yeah interesting fascinating okay so moving on from this uh, a little bit or sort of speaking to this um so i know you're a supporter of I... two teams uh, would you like to tell the audience for the for the sake of um for the sake I have of to, um, I have to correct you i'm a supporter of many <laughs> as teams, to your two teams. As, <laughs> as a lot of people that live <laughs> in different places and 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 have done different things i i've um i got um yeah i i got to support different teams so and and again i guess i guess it goes back to this idea of identity <laughs> because like I would now tell you that my my football club is a football club called Acilocri from the town where I am from in South Italy, uh, which is a small fifth division right. team uh, uh, in Italy. Uh, and I obviously always, <laughs> and that's where I used to go to, to the stadium as, as a kid, and I've, I've always supported them. But in a way, um, living while abroad or, or getting, you know, becoming British, if that's the thing. So after 15 years, that's the thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that is thing. yeah so I don't want to get into the debate yeah. on the basis of recent <laughs> interviews I've been circulating. <laughs> so, so yeah. Uh, um, so, and not living back home, not living at home, and over what, twenty years now, almost twenty years, I, I kind of developed more of of an um, allegiance or affection for for that team because now it represents home for me more than anything else. And then I, I obviously have, yeah, you know, yeah. as as you know, uh, yeah, I am yeah. in the Premier League. I'm I'm a Liverpool sympathizer, uh, but that's for completely different uh, um, reasons. That's because I, I I particularly liked one one historical um, Liverpool team when I was a kid, and I liked some of their players. And then there are, there are a few teams that I follow for um, for different reasons. Uh, um, you know, bigger Italian team that is from my region or. So I think I've looked so much into this. I cannot be a, like an honest supporter anymore. I was I always have second motives for <laughs> supporting a team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> for supporting a team. Interesting. So, so there's there's just one thing that that's sort of on my mind when saying about that that I hadn't thought about beforehand, which is, do you think with this is a this is a bit of a leading question, but do you think with the onset of globalization, then there's been a bit of a deterritorialization? of sort of the relationship between local football teams and identity or the relationship between those who don't sit in a territory yeah i think there's been there's team. been at at um at high level if you want at, at top tiers of football of particularly of a few leagues which are internationalized um, and i guess that the premier league is it's the it's an excellent mm -hmm. example and i'm not saying necessarily it's a negative thing right it's uh uh maybe if you if you compare no, the no, premier no, no. league now uh, with the Premier League um, when it started in, in 1992, I um, can't remember the year. Um, I don't know. You could say, well, the quality mm -hmm. of football has improved, and and we have, you know, we get the best players in the world playing here. So um, that's positive. But I guess at least at that level, certainly. But then if you go and, and look at the whole 
kind of uh, different leagues. Um, there are still cases. I mean, there are. I mean, some of the most interesting cases actually are um, are in England. Um, I don't know, AFC Wimbledon and, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, clubs that represent communities. So, so I think there is still oh, yeah. that very strong um, uh, identification, and you find very often that now. Um, a lot of people will support a, a sort of um, a kind of global team, if you want, in addition to their local team. So I don't necessarily think it's it has kind of erased this this connection, uh, but certainly, like I don't know, I don't think Liverpool and Everton are a good example. I, I don't think to most people around of England the, the, the social distinctions that or, or, or I don't know ethnic religious distinction that that 40 years ago might have been important to the Liverpool Everton rivalry matter anymore to most of the of the global audience hmm. so yeah so i think it's it has it's yeah. kind of create, created two tire kind of um, two levels if you want mm-hmm. um, but i think all you'll always have uh, this idea of, of um, local identification and, and kind of regional and, and territorial pride uh, has always been there. It will always be there. Uh, I don't think that for all of the attempts of, of you know, creating a super Champions League or, or other um, ridiculous tournaments, they'll they'll uh, they'll be able to um, destroy that. I think I think I think sport is too political for for this to disappear completely. Yeah, no, it's fascinating. It's interesting, and I, I think you're right with that. Actually, I think it is too political for this to disappear completely. And so I have a question for you, which is something that I ask every guest that comes on the. Podcast. Podcast, which is um, how do you understand politics? Oof. What do you understand the See, I, to be? I should. That's why one should never end up with huge questions because you guys always ask these questions, and I do way more. I do way more <laughs> empirical stuff. So, I mean, <laughs> this is a big question. I don't know if I can answer it, uh, but I think I mean. Yeah. So, what was the question mm-hmm. again? What do I understand to be politics or the political? Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, so I guess. This is going to have to go through some serious editing here, and I'm telling you before. <laughs> this question, <laughs> I want to have first editing powers over this one. So I, I think politics has to do with, with um, and this is probably not a very good answer, uh, has to do with, with human beings and how they um, exercise power and how they organize themselves. Um, and and different forms of of interaction, and I think it has to do with human beings and and society and relations among human beings in societies and among different societies. I don't know whether whether there's a good answer or not. Probably not. But no, that's a lovely answer. That's a lovely answer. Uh, there was also in my head there. You know, I, I was trying to connect the word exercise. Yeah, no, that's that. that <laughs> didn't think about that. There. That could have probably been a easier way out (laughs) (laughs) and a very last question uh, for you dr belcastro is um if someone wanted to read a little bit more about the relationship between sports and politics Um, who would you recommend so i mean most of my research has been has been on on um palestine israel so the the first thing that could think of um are, are on on palestine and israel I mean, there is a bit of literature on. Let me actually. I, I think I've got the uh, reading list somewhere here. Um, I, one thing I would I would recommend mm-hmm. uh, certainly is to start by reading about some interesting cases of, of football clubs. Now we only spoke about football. Obviously, it's not only about football. Uh, there, no, there is. I mean, there yeah, are no, there are too, other too. Um, sports which are very interesting uh, for this relation again. 
I mean, what, the first example that comes to mind, it's it's um, boxing and, and national pride. Yeah, there's obviously all like um, Ooh, yeah. gender dimension there and, and all dimension of, of uh, say, yeah, idea of, of masculinity, but also idea of, of you know, fighter representing uh, the, the, the fighting spirit of a particular country uh, and how that how that plays in, in um, how it then mm. is used for um, for domestic narratives and how often uh, boxers successful ones after they retire they go into politics so there's that's kind of the other way around yeah it's an individual sport and, and because it, it and tells a certain level of violence it kind of it, it talks to um it, slightly different values if you want from from football uh, and it's 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 very interesting so i mean there, there is there are a few things which i would recommend um so the first one would be i would i would advise your listeners to go and read about a few football teams so one would be the, the first one that comes to mind uh, it's corinthians the brazilian team uh, and the phenomenon called democracia corintiana which is a very interesting phase in which um, Corinthians, during the mm-hmm. uh, dictatorship in Brazil, was um, essentially ruled as, as a democratic system where everybody, from people that were the, cleaning the, the stadium to the president, just had the vote on every decision uh, that was made made in, uh, by the club. Um, and there is a lot of things available um, online um, to find. I'm trying to think of any of any academic thing to. Um, to read, but I cannot think of any. Uh, but I could mention other other couple of, of cases. So there is a there is a club, Club Deportivo Palestino, and it's very interesting because it kind of became mm-hmm. it's a club founded by uh, Palestinian migrants uh, in uh, in Santiago de Chile in in, in Chile, and it, it kind of became a sort of reference point uh, for. Um, for all um, Palestinian migrants, um, not only in Chile, but m- all around the world, it kind of became a symbol of, of Palestinian pride and of the Palestinian diaspora. And for those of for those people who are, who are more mm-hmm. interested in theory, I know there's like, I know Pierre Bourdieu wrote, wrote quite a lot on, on, on uh, um, sport and politics. There's quite a lot from the point of view of sociology of sport. Um, and there are, I mean, there is a, yeah, I remember there's like a um, sport international relations um, handbook published by Routledge, it's got quite, quite a few different cases, and then there's a lot of good stuff done, done at, at the regional level. Uh, I'm actually not very, uh, not very good with, uh, um, with mm. names, but but there is also, um, um, I think it's called Routledge Handbook of um, Sport, Gender, and Sexuality for those people who are more interested in the, in the gender dimension. And then I would suggest certainly to to go and look at, sure. at um, regional cases. Um, so the cases of, of Palestine, Israel, it's it's a, it's a very mm-hmm. interesting one. There's quite a lot of stuff written on that. In general, there's there's a very good um, yeah. volume. Which I think is, is it called Sport and Politics in the Middle East. Um, I can't remember the title, which came out recently and contains different cases, not only mm-hmm. uh, um, sport policy and society in the Middle East. That's 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 the name, which is Oxford University Press. That would be a very good a very good starting point. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. so there's there's a lot of stuff, and and I mean, uh, if you if you, okay. if you want to send me an email uh, and, and ask any, any reading recommendation, I'd be happy to do that. And you know, as, as my job, I'm, I'm always <laughs> always happy to do that. But yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, um, uh, it's not. Um, I know you're you know you're a theory guy, but it's it's quite um, accessible 
to people who are not who are not very much into IR theory and yeah. more into um, sort of empirical or, or kind of uh, contemporary politics, if you want. It's, it doesn't require a lot yeah. of engagement with theory to to enjoy it. So. Yeah, and I think I think that's so important as well because sport is one of those things that you know we experience if you're a sporty person or you know even from school you know you have PE lessons you have games lessons and you know I, I, it's, it's something there that I think can bring more people into the study of or into political studies than um, perhaps before but okay so thank you very much for coming on oh, thanks for having the, me uh, show uh, Dr. Bill Castro it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on thanks, so thanks thank for you the very much and, once um, again thank you very much bye-bye so I've been talking with Dr. Francesco Belcastro on sport politics and international relations. If you'd like to get in contact with Dr. Bill Castro, you'll be able to find their Twitter handle in the description box. Alongside that, there is a link to the blog where you'll be able to find lots of content which doesn't become a podcast episode. Please like, share, subscribe and follow. It'll mean the world to me. And don't forget to tune in next week. I look forward to it. Thank you for listening.